often that anyone gets to take a victory lap at the beginning of a career. But when you think about the extraordinary life that Carole King had led by February of 1971, you say, yeah, she was do something like that. And so it was with her second solo album, Tapestry. By 1971, Carole King had already solidified her place as a rock and roll legend. Working with her then-husband, Jerry Goffin, the two wrote some of the most popular and cherished songs of the 1960s. They wrote Will You Love Me Tomorrow, which was a hit for the Shirelles. They wrote Up on the Roof, a hit for the Drifters. They wrote The Locomotion for Little Eva, One Fine Day for the Chiffons, I'm Into Something Good for Herman's Hermits, Don't Bring Me Down for the Animals, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman for Aretha Franklin, and Pleasant Valley Sunday for the Monkees, just to name a few. In 1963, John Lennon said he hoped his songwriting partnership with Paul McCartney would one day be thought of like they were the Goffin and King of England. She was also, by 1971, a divorced mother of two with another on the way, living on the opposite side of the country from where she had grown up. And she was thriving. 
That spirit is what imbues Tapestry. It was meant to be a deeply personal statement on how, at just 29, her life experience had given her wisdom, perspective, strength, and a compassion for people that was uncommon at best. But personal as the statement was, it struck a nerve with her peers. The generation that had fueled the rebellious atmosphere of the 60s was now starting to settle down and take stock, which is exactly what Tapestry represented. This collection of introspective songs, which might as well have been direct snippets from her personal journal, captured the feelings of an entire generation. It wasn't a declaration so much as it was a State of the Union address. The 60s were over, the dust was settling, and the boomers, especially women, we're looking around and asking, okay, where do things stand? For many people, baby boomers, Gen Xers, millennials, and Gen Z alike, Tapestry represents a moment in time. It has cut across the generations to speak to anyone, women and men alike, who have fought the battles of youth and are ready to both reap the wisdom those battles bring and face the more subtle struggles to come. Today, Tapestry, with its timeless songs, stands as a singular achievement in both the history of rock and roll and post-1960s society. So tonight, Danny and I are going to walk through the entire album, give our impressions, and really just pay our respects to one of the greatest recordings of our time. Tonight, we bring you Carol King's Tapestry. My name is Rich Larson. His name is Daniel G. Moyer. This is The Weekly List. Well, good evening, everybody. You are listening to AM 1080 and FM 95.1 KYMN Radio in beautiful and snowy Northfield, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us once again for another edition of the weekly list. Danny, can you hear me? Yes, sir, I can. And I think we can hear you too. Okay, good. This is working cuz uh, you know, you're in beautiful downtown Northfield. I'm in the bunker. You're still. in the bunker. Live from, and we're and live from the bunker tonight. Live from the bunker. We're we're doing this is a technical technical masterwork here. It, 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 you know, it, we got MacGyvered it. This uh we kind of did. This is the uh, the edition of the weekly list that almost didn't happen. Yeah, we've 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 had to punt on some editions before. There's a couple of shows that we sort of have written that you folks have never heard because we just never were able to do them. Uh, but <laughs> but last night we uh, we we sat down to uh, pre-record the show and found ourselves in just all kinds of mess with with technical issues, and we uh, kind of looked at each other and said, "Let's let's try to do it live tomorrow." So here well, we are. Sure. Yeah, it's, you know, it's cold and wet here. This is like my least favorite kind of weather. It's it's which, wet outside. Which is super funny because what's your favorite city in the whole world? Well, my favorites, yeah, I know the, the weather is very much like London. Yes, well, and then London to Minneapolis, yeah. same thing. I, those are my two cities. Yeah, anyway. But, you know, and the thing that's ironic to me yeah. is that it's cold and wet, which is my least favorite thing. And we're talking about tapestry tonight. Yes. And for me, Tapestry is such a warm, human album. And it's 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 a tough listen, but it has this warmth of her voice and her words. It's just it's a masterwork. And it's the opposite of what the outside weather is like to me. You just said something I think is really interesting. Why do you think Tapestry is a tough listen? Um, 
Well, I think considering the situation that it was created, I mean, she had divorced Jerry Goffin, who was her songwriting partner. Mm-hmm. And some of these songs, have, you know, are from that partnership and written specifically for this. And one of the other lyricists that she worked with was um, Tony Stein. Mm-hmm. And she had just split up with James Taylor and he was working with the uh, uh, Slim, uh, the uh, Mud... Ha- Mudslide Slim in the Blue Horizon. Yes, yes. Yes. You know, and that had... He was working on that album. There's so much on these albums that so many of the players played on both of those. So there's a lot of sense of separation, loss, um, and the lyrics are so... These are poetic lyrics. They're... they're, they're, Yeah, well, they are. I mean, they are. I mean, Carol, they're, they're deeply, deeply, deeply personal. I mean, oh, absolutely. I, I, I can I can maybe see where people would think it's a tough listen because it's so they're intimate lyrics. You know, I mean, it's incredibly raw. And it's, these it's, are it, raw felt her, lyrics. The heart, her heart is on her sleeve. I don't you know, I don't even know. I, I, I guess I don't get the get the the raw feeling that that, that you do. Um, but I, I I mean, they are they are very, 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 very personal. And that's the thing about tapestry. That's why tapestry works so well. Yeah. I, I, I want to say this too, but there's no real like um, historical reason why we're doing tapestry tonight. Uh, tapestry, frankly, this is a show we should have done two years ago um, when it was the 50th anniversary of tapestry. Uh, and we didn't, we should have done it last year when Carol King was going into the hall of fame and we didn't. So this is sort of, this is sort of just catch up and, and a little bit like the Tina Turner show. Like, we're sorry here. We'll, well, we'll, we'll do it now. We'll get know, caught I, up. I guess the timing is right today. I, from my point of view, yesterday was the international women's yes. day. Yes, it was. And so I can't think of a more, powerful statement for women and for humans that Carol King makes on this album. Right. Right. I mean, there's everything in here of strength and vulnerability. I mean, the first song, I Feel the Earth Move, that that is such a self-confident, loving song, but it also has some imagery, imagery of like, feel the walls tumbling, tumbling down. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's so many visceral feelings that come from that. To me, and to, to me, that is an absolute just statement of power. It's also, um, you know, it, 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 you know, kids are listening right now. The song, there's an uh, an element of that song that is about um, how you feel when um, you know when a, when a man and a woman love each other and 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 they decide to make a baby. That 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 sort of that moment when the baby is about is is like getting made, that 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 moment when when things are just wrapping up, that's what this that's part of what this song is about actually. <laughs> you know, and, and I guess maybe I went with a little bit more pure. I think it's you know um, that was very well stated as best as you could for FCC regulation. But you know, I think a lot of what I get from that is, you know, you see somebody that you really care about and that you love, and it. It just feels like the world collapses sometimes yeah. and it's, it's isolated focusing on one other person. And it's, 
it it is such a romantic song and it has and the piano movement yep. is strident i mean there's a real stridency in the way that she's playing especially with her left hand on those lower bass notes mm -hmm. yeah well it's a great uh -huh. song i th actually frankly i think tapestry the first three songs on tapestry um that album starts out as strong as just about any album i've ever heard i would say yeah you know and yeah. now now i i this is this is maybe the the best possible example of a uh, a singer songwriter album, right? I mean, to me, if 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 you want to point to if, if if someone says to you, Rich, what is a singer songwriter, right? Well, the first first name I would bring up would be Carol King. Second name I would bring up would be James Taylor, and probably actually the third name I might bring up would be Mark Cohn. Mm. Right. So I would point you to Tapestry. I would point you to I mean, pick your James Taylor album. It, it, it sort of uh, depends on my mood of the day. Maybe Mudslide Slim. Maybe 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 uh, um, that's why I'm here. Maybe the greatest hits. Whatever. And I would point you to Mark Cohn's first album. Wow, that's a that's interesting. Yeah, um, but this is like the 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 best possible example of a singer songwriter album. First of all, it sounds it, it a singer songwriter is exactly what that's what that sounds like. It's a, a somebody who writes and performs their own music, which in 1971 wasn't a new concept, but it wasn't um, completely the norm. I mean, the Beatles and the Stones were doing it. Uh, the Birds. There were a lot of bands from the 60s that started doing it toward the late 60s, but but, but you know, but in uh, 10 years before Tapestry came out, nobody did that. There were well, Bob Dylan. Well, Dylan did. Okay, you're right. You're uh, you, but Dylan, uh, even Dylan though. At, at first, Dylan was a folk singer. He was singing yeah. folk songs. You know, um, the concept of writing and performing your own music evolved in the 60s, and the singer songwriter of the 1970s is sort of what was produced by that yeah and i mean carol king she had the the thing about this move or this album before she even did this she had gotten divorced from jerry goffin and she had moved from new york to california to yeah. laurel canyon yeah. um so there's she literally <laughs> at a at a time that is strange she became completely independent. She was well regarded yes. um, in yes. the music industry. She was a she, successful songwriter. I actually made this point um, this morning on the KYMN Morning Show. Um, before she made Tapestry, she had already had a Hall of Fame career. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know, absolutely. She, she was already going to be in the Hall of Fame because of of her songwriting partnership with uh, with her husband, her ex husband. You know, and. Uh, she had her first album, which I believe was called Writer. Yes. Um, and when she sat down to put this album out, I always thought it was interesting because some of these songs were proven hits. Um, it was Aretha Franklin that first did I Feel the Earth Move. Yeah. So, and Was it really? See, still, I, I think that that was an Aretha Franklin song. Okay. I think it was. I, I'll, I'll roll with that. Or, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm you're sorry. Thinking, I'm thinking, you're, you're thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking yeah. that Natural Woman. Yeah we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get to that song later. Yeah. Okay. But um, like... Will You Love Me Tomorrow? That was the Shirelles. That was the so Shirelles. there were proven hits on here. And I thought that it was interesting that she went and took 
hey, I've had hits on here. And of course, you always want to have something that's going to be appealing from a commercial point of view. Yeah. So she had those. And she wrote other ones that have become classics because yeah. of the recording on this album. Well, yeah. I mean, even the songs that weren't hits on this album weren't even released as singles um, are songs a lot, not everybody, but a lot of people know. A lot of people just know this album. There is one song on this album that I do not understand. I don't get, and we'll talk okay. about it. We'll talk about it when we get to it. Oh, um, I can't wait. Cause I've got similar things. I, I'm wondering if we're okay. I'm, I'm excited okay. now. We're, All we're right. Yeah. See. Like I'll, I'll, I'll fully, and maybe it's just cause I'm a dumb man. Right. But I, like, <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't, however, uh, this next song is one that I understand incredibly well. Yeah. Um, so, so far away, um, was another huge, huge hit off of, uh, off of this, uh, album. And, um, there's a lot of different interpretations, uh, of this mm -hmm. song. I mean, you know, it's basically, you know, long distance relationships are very difficult. Um, yeah. but, but she had, uh, when she wrote this album, she had two kids yeah, and was about actually to become pregnant with a third and, um, was having to spend because she not only was she supporting that first album, she was actually touring in James Taylor's band. Yeah, and um, I mean, and what a band that was too, man. We're going to talk about that later, but um, uh, she was having to be away from her girls, her her two daughters, um, for like six weeks at a time. She she uh, I, I I saw one interview with her where she talked about she'd be gone for six weeks. And then home for two weeks, and then gone for six weeks again. Yeah. And and I don't have to tell you, right, how hard it is to be away from your kids. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I spent and I spent a decade basically as a salesman. I spent a decade on the road when yeah. my daughters were little, um, away from them. And I mean, there's for me that's what this song is. Is 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 being away from your kids, knowing that you're, you're doing the right thing to, to support your children, but you're maybe not raising them the best way possible. And, uh, it's just, it's just hard. You know, and for me, this song really, to me, this song is more than just a physical separation. Um, you know, I've had times where, you know, you have that kind of um, a certain connection that's emotional with a person that's very, very tight and you understand and you're, you're connected, you're really bonded. And then sometimes whether it's, and it's generally like a misunderstanding or you're not totally hearing each other correctly, where they could be sitting next to you. And they're not physically far away, but you, there's just a break of connection. Yeah. And so when I hear, you know, and you're so far away, that's kind of one of the feelings that I guess I get out of that, that, you know, sometimes you and I have had that. You're, you're my best friend, Rich. And there are times where we've had disagreements. And <laughs> you know, is that a nice way to put it? Yeah, you know? I'd say so. Yeah. But, you know, and it, it's it's like all of a sudden the connection gets severed and I could be sitting across the table from you, but it feels like you're so far away. And it, it's it's a loneliness. Yeah. This is 
it's more than just a physical separation. It can be an emotional separation. And I, so I love the fact that the lyrics and the way that she wrote this and the way that her voice sounds on it, it can speak to both a physical separation, but it can, moreover, I think uh, for me, I really get the emotional separation and there's longing and there's, there's angst and there's sorrow yeah. in some of that and just longing for a reestablishment. That's really interesting. I'd never even thought about this song in that, in that perspective, but I mean, I can totally see, totally see it. Right. I can totally yeah. feel that there is a line, uh, it, 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 you're just time away. Oh, there it is. Yeah. I, I don't know if Carol, I, I didn't look, I don't know if Carol King wrote the lyrics for this song or not. Um, but that's such an interesting choice. And Carol King eventually did become, uh, you know, did uh, become a lyricist too. Are you looking at that up? That yeah, song? I am. I'll have an answer on that. Okay. I don't know if Tony. Yeah. Tony's... No, um, so far, I, it looks like she wrote the lyrics okay, to that. Okay, it's such an it's interesting choice. You know, it, it's it's um, and I and I I've been thinking about this actually for a couple of weeks. Like, what exactly is that? Your time away? Does that mean, you know, are are you so so far away because they've they've broken up and like it's it's been a few days? Like, if I could go back a few days, you'd be there. Or is it, is it, you know, time you're four hours away or you're, you know, five hours on an airplane away or whatever it is. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a really interesting choice. And if Carol King wrote the lyrics for this song, then it shows how, I mean, she was always writing music, but, but Jerry Goffin was the guy who wrote the lyrics that to me, that line shows how she's maturing uh, in 1971 as a songwriter, as oh, a lyricist. Yeah. You know, and I was, you know, I, I've said this before. I, I was a Navy kid. Yep. Um, and there were times where my dad was gone for up to six months, yep. you know, going to. And I remember living in Virginia Beach when I was in my junior high. And all of us, there were a lot of Navy kids that I went to school with. Oh, sure. Um, and we were always very aware of each other's parents' deployment. We were always aware and it was always, so when does your dad get back? Yeah. And we all had dates and we knew them. Yep. And it was like, whatever the date was. And, you know, when, so it was, you, there's a time away, you know, whether yeah. let's just, I'm going to throw out a date like May 15th. Mm -hmm. That's the day that the ship is due back in. And there's time that separates and you just are waiting until May 15th or whatever the date was. Right. But it's, it's that separation. And that's a physical thing yeah. on that one. Yeah. So I, I can see that too. And, you know, time and space in my mind are so interlinked, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, to get to Duluth, it's X number of miles, but it's also three and a half hours right, or whatever. Exactly. And how, if I'm driving, it's probably about an hour and a half. So <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going to talk about you driving too in a little bit. No, but, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, for now, folks, um, this is the second song on Tapestry. This is So Far Away by Carol King, and you are listening to The Weekly List on 95.1 KYMN. So far away Doesn't anybody stay in one place So fine to see your face at my door 
just time away Long ago I reached for you And there you stood Holding you again Could only do me good How I wish I could But you were so
1971 on uh, the Tapestry album. That was It's Too Late. Um, Danny, I think your 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 uh, mic is muted. Oh, that's right. There yeah. it is. Okay, cool. Uh, live radio, folks. With, we're going without a net here. It's Too Late um, was music written by Carol King, uh, lyrics written by Tony Stein. Yeah. And uh, we sort of... Um, sort of reference this a little bit earlier. Tony Stein was a songwriter um, in her own right uh, who happened to be dating for a little while. She was the guy, she was the, the lady that James Taylor dated uh, after he broke up with Joni Mitchell. Yeah. And then, then they broke up. The, the, the problem is, uh, uh, James Taylor was a junkie. 
And, well, that's a yeah. yeah that's yeah. that's ex- yeah. That, he was. That, that, and and he couldn't keep. I mean, just ask Carly Simon. It did, things were not good if you were dating James or married to James Taylor. Anyway, Tony Stein. The point is, Tony Stein wrote those lyrics the day she broke up with James Taylor. Yeah, yeah. And you know, there's there's a first of all, it is definitely a breakup song. Yes. Um, and depending upon where you sit, I have. I've also read enough. To me, it really feels more like a divorce song, like an inevitability. I mean, I went through a divorce and I remember one of the things that was really strange about it is it was first announced, you know, hey, I'm I'm leaving. And I remember asking three times, you know, is there some way we can go to couples counseling and therapy and all that kind of stuff? And absolutely not. And so, I mean, it's too late. It was broken. And I remember talking to a therapist, and one of the things that I said um, was that, well, you know, I really wish that we had um, counseling, and maybe we would have come up with that kind of resolution, you know, that it was inevitable that it was over, and we would both feel the same way. And my therapist said something that I've really taken um, to heart. And what he told me was, you know, as soon as one person decides they're done and they're out, it's over. Yeah, well, and, and, and that's just the way it is. I mean, you, you that's know, just the way that it is. And so, no, there was no point for us um, to go through couples counseling or anything. I mean, she had made a decision, and it was done. So, from so I hear the lyrics of "It's too late," and my my view on this song really comes from that thing. You know, if there's two people and one person just is done it's done. It's too late. There's, and something inside has died, you know, and that's it. Friend of mine and I were talking about this song earlier today. And, uh, uh, they said to me, you know, that's a song you just, you need to sit in your car and listen to. And I started laughing because, um, I cannot tell you how many times I have sat in my car and listened to that song. I, um, (laughs) <laughs> one of my little peccadillos that one of my little little quirks one of your little peccadillos <laughs> uh, much like i don't listen to uh uh the dream academy if it's not january right <laughs> for about 12 years uh, beginning in 1990 uh, every year on march 10th i would make what we used to call some of us some of you called it mixtapes uh, our our little group of friends that Danny and I had, we called them comp tapes, compilation tapes. I would make a comp tape every year on March 10th. Yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> hilarious. And, and uh, uh, the, the one I made in 19, in 1996, March 10th, by the way, tomorrow's March 10th. We, we, we should, we should recognize that too. Um, the one I made in 1996 sort of stands out as the best one I ever made. Maybe the best <laughs> comp tape I ever made. And, um, it's too late is on that, is on that. And it was, it was a matter of, at that point I was 27 years old and I had not spent a lot of time listening to Carol King. So I decided I needed to, uh, at least on, on this, this tape I was making, which I I was an over the road salesman. I was spending a lot of time in my car. Uh, I needed to, uh, um, put a little Carol King into my life basically. And that was a song I picked. And, uh, man, I, I, honest to God, that's like a top 50 song for me. I just love that song. 
Well, the the writing is first of all, Tony Stein's lyrics are yeah. heartbreaking. Right, they really are. They are. There's a futility that is in those lyrics. Well, that that and, opening line, man, stayed in bed all morning just to pass the time. I don't know. I mean, yeah. anyone who has ever really had a serious bout of depression knows how hard it can be to get out of bed in the morning. Yeah. I and and sometimes you just stay in bed until noon. It just happens. Yeah. Or sometimes you don't get out of bed right that that day. It's uh it, it it it's a it's a it's just a solid opening line. Well, and at the same time, not only are the lyrics have got that sense of futility and just finalness, Carol King's piano and the melody um and the chord structure that she came up with matches Stein's lyrics so well. And I I would dare say that if you just heard the piano instrumentally and somebody just going la 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 with that melody over top of it or playing the melody on a flute over top as an instrumental, mm-hmm. I think that you would feel probably about 80 to 90 percent of everything that's in that song just from the sound of it. It's rare that you find a sound of a the musical part so properly fits um, like a hand in glove with a lyric like that. Right. right. And it, then it's, it's really, really kind of impressive. Yeah. Carol King's vocal performance on this, there's an ache to it. It's an ache of moving forward. It's an ache of regret. It's an ache of everything. Yeah. It it's, is. it's pretty much a flawless, um, recording yep yep you know and let's see the the producer of the album lou um lou adler the great yeah lou adler lou adler you know the performance that he got out of her and everybody that played on that i mean all the different pieces you know have you ever heard him talk about how he wanted how he approached producing this album no okay lou adler who was um a a uh, a record company executive. Um, yeah, he was. Uh, no, it wasn't Atlantic. What the heck? Lou Adler was with. Uh, was it? Was it Asylum? I, 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 it, I can't remember. I don't know. But because yeah, this, it originally came. I thought he was with Columbia. It, it may well be. You're right. It may well be Columbia. I. But he was a record uh, record executive. Yeah. He signed a lot of people. Um. He, Carol made her first album and he felt it was a little bit overproduced. He also was, was Carol King's manager. Right. Um, and, and, and so he decided he was going to produce, he'd never really produced an album before. And he decided he was going to produce her, her second album. And really what he said was, I was just there to protect Carol from being overproduced. I just let that band play the music and I stayed out of the way as much as possible. There are minimal, I mean, if you think about it, you listen to this record, there are minimal overdubs on this. uh, I mean, there's not, you know, you don't hear a lot of strings on this album. There's no horn fanfare section. There's no, No. there's just not a lot of production in this album. And you hear a lot of the room. I mean, there's, I guess I always think of natural acoustic wood. When I think of this album, I mean, 
there's a certain kind of rawness that comes with that and you hear you hear the rawness of the strings against the the fretboard and it the acoustic guitars and you yeah. can hear the room yeah yeah in this and it it's part of it right Okay, so that's uh, that's it's too late, um, and I want to talk about the room, but I I want to I want to keep the uh, keep yes. the music going for now. Um, the next song on the album is a song called "Home Again," and I t- t- to me this is like this is one of the songs that on on this album that is real like really digs deep for me. Like like mm-hmm. I, she's just she she. It's the kind of conversation she, she's on the road. She's feeling super homesick. She's really down. And when you're when you're traveling like that, and you're with X amount of people or whatever, having spent time on the road, it's the kind of conversation that you can't have with the people you're traveling with. No, you know because it's you're, you're because now you get to be a drag, right? Yeah. But it's it's a confessional. This song. I want oh, to very go. Much so. I want to go home. I don't yeah. like touring. Carol King is famous for not liking to perform. She gets she gets terrible stage fright. Um, she had her two daughters. Um, she just wanted to go home, man. She didn't yeah. want to be on the road. Well, I mean, she, some of the lyrics here, song. yeah, you know, <laughs> and it, it, I always make fun of America for the the heat. It was hot line. I was like, well, thanks, man. <laughs> And here she goes, snow is cold, rain is wet. Yes. But for some reason, I can pick on America for horse with no name, right. but I can't on this. No. Um, because there's there's an element of despair. And, well, you know, when we talk about this album, the sequencing, to follow It's Too Late with Home Again. Yeah. Um, right? I mean, really... It's Too Late is all about despair, and it's over, and I'm by myself. And here the, the character is by themselves, but yet they're longing to spend yeah. time alone with somebody. Right. And, you know, and then it's cold and it's rain, which are my least favorite well, um, nobody, sensations. Nobody likes feeling cold and wet, especially when they're alone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe someone does, but not me. Anyway, no, not me at all. Okay. So uh, this is Home Again by Carol King from tapestry this is the tapestry show tonight on the weekly list you listen to am 1080 fm 95.1 kymn the one um hang on a second (laughs) there we go sometimes i wonder if i'm ever gonna make it home again so far and out of sight I really need someone to talk to and nobody else knows how to comfort me tonight Snow is cold Rain is wet Chills my soul to the marrow 
From 1971, which I keep saying because yeah. all these songs are from 1971. Yes, they because are. Because they're all from the same album. They may album. have been written earlier than that, though. Well, possibly, so. but they were all released in 1971 on the same album. That album is Tapestry uh, by a lady named Carol King. Which we're playing tonight. Which we're going through tonight, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that was beautiful. <laughs> Those are late to the party. <laughs> <laughs> Try to keep up, folks. Uh, <laughs> for, um uh, that was beautiful. A song called "Beautiful," and uh, that is—I don't know. Do we call that like the uh, the first self-help song? I don't know. That's my favorite song on this album. That's great. It that, is, and you know, I I get a lot of encouragement out of that. I mean, I'm I'm somebody that I I've had imposter syndrome the majority of my life. I mm-hmm. think that. I have been viewed, my take is that I think that people have viewed me in a certain way that has been positive and whatever. 
And I have always, my entire life, I've always felt like, wow, you know, as soon as they know me, they're going to discover what a cretin I really am. And I, I'm going to be seen as a fraud. I'm a fake because I'm not nearly as good as people think that I am. And I, I dealt with that a lot. And it wasn't until after I got divorced, quite honestly, that I had a pivotal breakdown moment. And it was just a, you know, maybe I don't suck as much as I think that I do. And the lyrics on this song, especially the one that really gets me, um, you know, is is the the thing of uh, tears are but a lullaby, yeah. that line. Yeah. And the simple message of this is you just got to get up in the morning. And even if it's just something simple that you go into the bathroom and you look at your mirror and you smile to yourself right. and you just have an appreciation for the person that you are. Right. And so, yeah, it is a self-help song. That's what I get out of this. And then you get into that last chorus, the, the immediacy of the piano and the build into that final. You got to get up in the morning and it just it, it really that final chorus, it just launches itself even more. And it nails me straight in the middle of my forehead. Nice. Well, I hope, okay. Um, one of my favorite sayings in this in this world is "Be the person your dog thinks you are." <laughs> right. That's a, yeah. <laughs> I. Uh, the, the great. Th- I mean, the the great thing is the, the the day you realize that well, you're closer to being the person your dog thinks you are than than you thought you were. That that's a good day when you start to figure that stuff. That's out. That's a good day. You know? Um, I, 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 I kind of get upset sometimes with Al Franken because, uh, when he was on Saturday night live, he uh, created this character, Stuart Smalley and, and, and he would make fun of the daily affirmation and all that stuff. And in my younger days, um, I would, I would scoff at the, at the, uh, you know, you're, you're good enough. You're smart enough and doggone it. People like you say that to yourself in the mirror and, and you'll start to believe it. Right. I would scoff at that, and I would think, "Well, that's just—I mean, that's psychoanalytical—that's psychoanalytical BS, right?" Yeah, and it's just—it's for weak people or whatever. No, as it turns out, there's something to it. There's something yeah. to it. So, uh, you're beautiful, uh, and 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 now you know it, and people are going to treat you right. Yeah, I mean that—that's—that's that's a good song right there. You know, I think that a lot of times people, you know, the the whole statement, people are their own worst critics. They're their biggest enemy. Um, And it's it's very easy to not like yourself. It's very, very easy to think that the first things that you should say are, I'm sorry, because naturally I must have screwed up. That's not like that. And I mean, just if you view yourself as somebody that is capable of being loved, of who is loved by somebody, Mm -hmm. um, and you start to feel good about yourself, that comes across and people will treat you better. And because (laughs) if you view that yourself as beautiful, I think that eventually you're you're just not going to stand for it. And people will realize that. Well, and and there is a certain amount of, I mean, there, 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 there are people out there that just absolutely refuse to believe that there's anything good about themselves, right? Yeah. And, and you know what, folks, you all have 
something. You all, everybody, we all have something people. I mean, we're all, we all have something yes. to offer and, and, but you have to decide. I mean, I'm, I'm not going down this whole happiness is a choice thing because <laughs> I think that's a blow to, but, um, but, but you do sort of have to decide I'm going to start feeling better. I'm going to find ways to feel better. I'm going to start to, if nothing else, I'm going to start to believe some of the nice things people say to me and I'm going to fake it till I make it. Yeah. And yeah. there's a, there's a real strong about of that. You know, I, I mean, it, we're not going to start playing. Don't worry. Be happy, which no. I, I no. like the song. I like Bobby, but you know, it, it's simple. It's sometimes you just got to get up in the morning. You got to get up yeah. and show up. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So, so ne- next, that's my favorite song on Tapestry. I'm I'm glad you like that song, man. That, I love that awesome. song. That's a very important song to me. Okay, the next one's "Way Over Yonder." I'm not 100 okay. percent sure I know what to do with this song. You got some You got some thoughts on "Way Over Yonder," Danny? Well, I'm. This is what I was afraid of because, you know, it's it's following my favorite song. So yeah. it's whatever. Right. It's going to be a little bit of a come down. It's a, it, it's um, a different groove than beautiful too. So it's a little bit of an adjustment. To get yeah, to. it is. And at the same time, I mean, I mean, it's a good it's song. Also, it's, it feels kind of formulaic a little bit. I mean, it's, it feels color by numbers for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I mean, it, it's all good, but it, it moves into a point where, this song just it doesn't it doesn't move me i guess in the yeah. same way and i'm not i'm a, i guess i'm similar to you rich that i'm not sure where i see it it's like i i i i do want to bring something up with you okay i'm going to call you out on something a little okay, bit, that's a fine. little bit you do not believe in the idea of album filler you don't think that that's really a thing no, I really don't. Well, I would first of all refer you to the uh, Billy Joel interview that's in the uh, Los Angeles Times today, where he talks about uh, like a third of his songs he would like to unwrite, and they were all album filler. Right? Yeah. What songs did he say? Uh, he's he the, say the, like the, the, the two. The two he he brought. This is some inner baseball here, folks. The two songs he brought up are "When in Rome" and "Cette uh, Etoile." We we've known okay. that he's hated set set at twelve for a long, but he hates winning Rome too. Anyway, yeah. this yeah. Uh, this is a good song. I think it's a good song, but I also it doesn't quite match uh, the the tone of the rest of the album. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And it it's a, it's so in 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 that in my mind, I'm thinking Carol might have had eleven songs for the narrative, and she grabbed way over yonder and put it in because she needed a twelfth song. But it's a good song. I'm not saying it's not. It just doesn't fit the narrative of tas- tapestry. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I guess. So I guess I would call this song, in a sense, uh, filler. I'm not going to go there and call it that. Um, you're so. You're so, would... you're so. <laughs> I know. I know. This is this is my fatal flaw. Uh, I love you, Danny. You know, I, but I you know, you. there's there. It's it's not a high mark on the album. No. But it 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 is it is necessary to get us to the next song. Yes, it is. And I mean, you know, and so from the stitchery point of view, sometimes you need that. Yes. To get from one song to another. Right. And so there I go, Rich. I'm you call it filler and I'm saying that it's an important little bit of packing material to stitch the two songs together cuz you can't go from beautiful to the song that follows way over yonder. Can- you can't. You need 
you need a little commercial break and there it is kind of like the way you say punk rock and i say badass same thing okay <laughs> all right so uh from what year danny uh I, is it 1971 1971 you got it <laughs> it's way over yonder and you are listening to the weekly list on 95.1 kymn the one the one Is a place that I know where I can find shelter from a hunger and cold and the sweet tasting. So easily found way over yonder. That's where I'm bound. I know when I get there. down on me Then trouble's gonna lose me Worry leave me behind And I'll stand up
Good to know. 
from the weekly list album focus on tapestry tonight that was you've got a friend by carol king um say rich you know you had said about strings there were a bit of strings on that last one you know i just wanted to point that out what i said was (laughs) there's not a lot of strings on this i didn't say there weren't any but okay okay okay. that's fair that's fair Lou, lou uh lou adler uh produced the album and decided that that one needed a string quartet and I'm pretty sure Danny Korchmar actually had something to do with that. Your, your all time yeah. favorite guy, Danny Korchmar. Yeah. Danny Korchmar. Yeah. yeah. The band. So let's talk about the band for one okay, second. Yeah, the let's, the, let's the band that. that first, uh, oh, we got to talk about so much here. Okay. The band for this album was Lee Sklar, the bass player. And everyone knows, uh, well, not everyone, but you would know Lee Sklar if you saw him because he's got a beard down to his knees and kind of actually, a bald guy. I'm I'm looking at the credits. I I show a Perry Steinberg. Oh, and, and Charles. Char- uh, uh, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Lee Claire's not not on this album. I apologize. No, but but Russ but, Kunkel um, is, and Danny Korchmar is. And, yeah, and uh, uh, the guy Charles, what's his name? Levy. Charles Larky. Larky, was a guy base. that Carol King was about to uh, have a baby with and uh, marry. Uh, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and go ahead. But there's a lot of heavy hitters. I mean, Russ Kunkel's on drums. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, Russ Kunkel and Danny Korchmar and Lee Sklar, the three of those guys. Um, yeah. They're another one of those um, bands that, uh, um, it's like a bunch of session guys get together, put a band together. They call themselves a section, right? Yeah. And they've been yeah. playing together for like 108 years. Uh, yeah. But th- the guys that played on. Uh, tapestry were also simultaneously playing on um, Mudslide Slim and, and the New Horizons. James Taylor was recording that album at the same time. This yeah. album was recorded at AM Studios. Okay. Three studios in AM Studios. Studio B was where Carol King was recording Tapestry. At the same time, the Carpenters were recording their third album, which I know is your favorite. That's the self-titled album. That's your favorite Carpenters album. Yeah. And in the studio next to that, Joni Mitchell was recording Blue. So a bit of a bit of production or a bit of good product that came out of that place that month. Bit of history, I would yeah. say. Yeah, not, not bad. Well, I mean... You know, we we mentioned James Taylor. James Taylor actually plays on this album. He's one of the musician credits, and that song, um, that that was a big hit for James Taylor. She and, actually, Carol King has has said that she actually wrote that song for James Taylor, but then she recorded it like two weeks before he did. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah and. The thing that I like about this, there are two songs in particular, and one is You've Got a Friend, that she does, so you've got it in her voice, but it's also sung by a, there's a version cut by a male. And James Taylor, you know, everybody knows James Taylor's version of You've Got a Friend. So this is one song where she did it and a male voice did it. There's another song that she does on this album, and I'll mention it when we come up to it, that there's another version of it by a solo male that I really, really like. Okay. And okay. It, it's an interesting thing to compare the male version with the female version. 
on this and the i i know where you're going to and it's a it's yeah. a whole different kind of a thing with, with that one. it is yeah. it's yeah. i mean the lyrics haven't changed but it, it just has a different feel you know yeah it did it did and it's uh um it's uh i don't know it's just really, yeah it's just really cool time now for the weekly list haiku corner Brought to you by Imminent Brewing, a truly poetic brewery. Here is your host, Haiku Rich. You know, Wendy Nordquist is the uh, the Carol King of KYMN. <laughs> she's 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 the full package. She's just she's everything. She can do she she does her own show. She helps out with other shows. She writes. She also is a, is a uh, master seamstress. She's amazing that way. Oh wow! Yes. Oh, so she was kind of she's kind of like the way over yonder, stitching the stuff together. Kinda, kinda. Okay, except, that, that was except, a reach. That was a real when, reach. When, when do you are not filler by any stretch of the imagination? No. You are not. All right, all right. So they do. They call me. Haiku Rich. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, Danny. No, I don't. No. The word <laughs> hasn't gotten up to the bunker yet. The carrier pigeons. Let the know. bunker know that Haiku okay. Rich has arrived. All right. Hey, boys. <laughs> there. Okay. Well, okay. Are, 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 are you done? Yeah, I'm done, mostly. Listen with your ears. <laughs> oh, my God, those songs. Will You Love Me Tomorrow redefined her work. Well, yeah. Okay. This one, I think you might, I think, I think we're, I think we're on the same page here. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think we are. I don't understand this album song, Tapestry. It's a mystery. Ooh. Okay. We're not on the same page, huh? Um, no, we'll I talk about it when we get there. Okay. We'll talk about it when we get there. <clears throat> and this, I wanted to bring up when we were just talking about, you got a friend and I'm glad. I, so, okay, hang on. We're going to talk about this in a minute. Album of the year, record and song of the year. Hall of Famer. Twice. Okay. Yeah. My, what a delight. This has been Haiku Corner. Thank you, Imminent. Oh, For those of you who um, uh, subscribe to uh, the weekly list, the underscore weekly underscore list on M uh, uh, what do they call that? Um, Instagram. 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 That's the word I was looking for. Uh, Danny, you had a pretty entertaining Instagram post today about, or not today, but this week about imminent brewing. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you got to suck up to your host. You know, <laughs> Sometimes you do. Uh, um, and uh, the, uh, the sponsors of the show saw that you were sucking up and, uh, you, you, uh, <laughs> no, oops. you, uh, no, 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 you, you, they, they've now re-upped for another year because you, you properly sucked up to them. Oh, good. Yes. Well, you know, you, here's the thing. I love Laura and Derek. I really do. Yes, and do it I. was so kind of them 
for Christmas, they sent me this beautiful bottle of Monster Mash, which was one of the breweries. And it is, I haven't, I, I'm not going to ever drink it because it's so beautiful and it's it's wax dipped, mm-hmm. the nozzle and everything. And I, I've had that and I, I just wanted to take a photograph and show it to people. And that's <laughs> that's one thing that, you know, sometimes you take these things and you just have them sitting on your shelf just to look beautiful. And that that bottle is beautiful. And, um, you know, I just I really wanted to honor Eminent in all seriousness. Well, um, that was that was a really kind gift that Laura and Derek gave me for Christmas. Well, so I appreciate. I mean, that. they're 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 wonderful people. We want to honor Eminent Brewing. We want to thank Laura and Derek Myers and Eminent Brewing for sponsoring the weekly list and making the weekly list possible week after week. Uh, visiting, some would say, visiting the weekly list upon society. Others would say, you know giving you this gift it's really all in the ear of the beholder wouldn't you say danny oh absolutely i mean it's like the song beautiful you it, it's you sometimes you just got to get up and do this show in the morning <laughs> you know because sometimes you feel like a nut and sometimes you don't yeah i guess that better there's gets that it, too I yeah um anyway uh imminent brewing <laughs> uh, northfield's living room you know you want to say this we have people that listen to this show that aren't in Northfield, right? That are up in the Twin Cities. Yeah. There are people. There are people who listen to us, and for reasons that pass understanding, there are people in Germany who listen to this show. We're pretty big in Dusseldorf. We are. We are large in 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 Dusseldorf. Um, yeah. People listen to us though uh, across the country, and thank you for listening. We do appreciate that very much. Yeah. Um, come to Northfield. Come to Northfield. Even if we don't know you, come to Northfield. Uh, introduce yourself. Um, and and come to imminent brewing it's uh oh, yeah. it's northfield's living room but i don't care where you're from you could be from new hampshire you could be from texas you could be from puerto rico you could be from vancouver uh it doesn't matter <laughs> you will feel it, 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 you will feel Im- immediately comfortable at imminent brewing because it's such a welcoming and inviting place you know, and it, it's it's nice that we're playing Tapestry because one of the things that I get from the album Tapestry overall, just as an overarching thing, is there's a sense of, you know, desire for belonging throughout yes. the record, yes. in my mind. And I will tell you, if you're from, how did you pronounce Vancouver? That was really funny. Vancouver. Okay. So if you're from there, and I'm not even going to try that. No, you couldn't uh, possibly do that. But, but the, <laughs> the, the point that I'm trying to make is if you go to Imminent, Whoever you are, wherever you're from, you belong. Right. You belong. Right. My friends, Mary Cutrafello, whom I've uh, discussed many times on this uh, uh, on this uh, show, Mary Cutrafello and Trevor McSpadden, who are a uh, couple of honky-tonk country folks, uh, they're playing at Imminent on Saturday night, and they are a ton of fun, man. Danny, you, I mean, like, country isn't, like, not the thing that you listen to in your car. Right, but I know you not have, a whole lot. I know you have an appreciation for country music, though. Oh yeah, and, and like I, I can't wait for that leg to get healthy. I want you to come down. I want you to meet Mary and and Trevor. I want you to see these two play. They're amazing. They're they're oh, yeah. just fantastic. Mary, there's nobody like Mary Kutrafello at all. She's she's just out and and Trevor McSpadden is this uh sort of I mean he's sort of even up and coming uh country songwriter. He's he's great. And I I, I they'll be at uh, imminent on uh Saturday night at six o'clock, six to nine. Um very nice. And and 
it's possible that they're listening to us at Imminent Brewing right now. Unlikely, but possible. <laughs> uh, so if you are, hello, Imminent Brewing. We'll see you hey. soon because we're going to do, I think we're going to do another live show this summer. Um, yeah, that I, mean, I that was so much fun last year. Can't right? wait to do it again. I hope we get to do it again. Um, tomorrow is March 10th as we discussed earlier. So tomorrow night, uh, the food truck at imminent is delicious pupusas, which we have discussed before. That's, a uh, 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 taken the, taken rice County by storm, uh, food truck. Pupusas are a Salvadoran, uh, uh, delicacy. They're wonderful. Very nice. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you sound so excited, Danny. I, <laughs> well, I, I, I haven't eaten one yet. I really kind of need to. I'm, right. I'm looking at the list of all the stuff coming up here. So, uh, yeah. The sizzling. So I, I was curious how to spell pupusa. It's P-U-P-U-S-A-S. P-U-P-U-S-A-S. Salvadoran. Uh, tomorrow's sizzling wagon, wagon, which is uh, your, 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 like, well, it's not your standard, but it's the, uh, it's the burger truck that that uh, is so good it meets Eminem Brewing's food truck standards. And, wow! And and so they uh, they they're in the rotation. And then on uh, Sunday, uh, if you like a little barbecue, it's it's smoke. Smoke. Uh, yeah. And Mary Kutcherfello and Trevor McSpadden on Saturday night. So I know you're wondering what's on tap right now at, at Eminem Brewing. Rich, know, what's I, on tap? I know you were wondering that, Danny. Yeah, so, I was wondering that. Dragon Squirrel Juicy IPA, Gateway Cream Ale, Australian Sparkling Ale, Off Leash Vienna Lager, Just Plum Sour Ale, Wolf Creek IPA, Raven's Nest Stout with Nutella and Banana, Motorpool Nutella Pilsner. Yeah, Nutella and banana. There's a combination for you, right? Yeah, it's like an Elvis peanut butter thing. Some, yes, exactly. Your chocolate's in my peanut butter. Motor Pool Pilsner, Cannon River Pale Ale, Barrel Aged Mash Machine Imperial Stout, which you were just talking about, Danny. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't tasted that yet. Oh, it's so good. It's so, so good. So I know. I mean, it, it'll always be eluding me on the counter shelf, you know, this beautiful bottle, and I have no idea what it tastes like. It's great. Raven's, I, I got to get some. Raven's Nest Stout without Nutella and banana. Lionel's Strong Ale and a seltzer. Is it black cherry still? Uh, does it say? Does it they, say? They ought to do it. They ought to do something like a strawberry. I would be in. Well, they've that. done they've done a strawberry lemonade thing before. Oh, strawberry! Oh, it's dur- if they could bring that for summer, I would love that. Oh, I'm sure. They I would. like you know. Unlike you, I actually like the seltzer idea thing. Uh, well, that doesn't surprise me even a little bit. World's oldest, hey man, I'm world's oldest that teenager that you are. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, remember, I used to be a Seagram's wine cooler kid. You know, you were a Seagram's wine cooler kid deep into the 21st century when well, most of us had left wine coolers behind in 1989. Yeah. At least I never got into Zuma or Zima. Zima. That was it. Only by accident did you not get into Zima, though. <laughs> That's your personality right there. Anyway. <laughs> Thursday, Imminent Brewing is open Thursday from 4 to 9 p.m. On Friday, they open from 4 to 9 p.m. On Saturday, they are open from 2 to 10 p.m. Sunday, they are open for two to, from 2 to 7 p.m. Now, Danny, 
Which, you know, if, if they're playing us at imminent, it's got to be getting pretty close to last call. So yeah, last call, know. everybody, last yeah. call. Well, sometime around there. I mean, you know, right. no, they've got 30. It's, yeah, it's minutes. pretty close to last call. Um, those are the winter hours, right? Pretty soon, pretty soon, we're going to start talking about imminent going to summer hours, dude. Yes, it is snowing right now. Yes, it is yeah. falling from the sky. But you can't do anything to stop spring at this point, man. It's coming. No, well, and this weekend we're all going to lose an hour. We go spring forward an it hour. Is, it is daylight savings time on Sunday. That's right. Yeah, I'm I'm going to lose an hour of, you know, that. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to be back at work an hour earlier. But at least it will be light later in the day. Exactly. And I Which is something, we, uh, something I very much appreciate. Yeah. Okay, something I wanted to talk about with Tapestry, getting back to the... Uh, the okay, here. yes, we should probably get back to work. Uh, <laughs> tapestry, um, you know that I don't put a lot of stock into the Grammys, right? But sometimes, right. sometimes the Grammys just get it right. And in 1972, honoring all the albums that had come out in 1971, right? And there were some heavy-hitting albums that came out in 71, man. Um, tapestry hit the trifecta. Yeah. It won Song of the Year for You've Got a Friend, mm-hmm. which is a songwriter's award. Right. It won Record of the Year for It's Too Late, which is more of a production award. Yes, yeah, right? single. Single, you know. right? And it won al- it won Album of the Year. Yeah. Right? So, I, And very few, I, I don't know how often it's happened, but it doesn't happen very often that somebody wins all three. Carol King was the first woman to do it. Yeah. Yeah. She also, by the way, won um, best pop vocal female, best female pop vocal performance that night too. You know, and, and it's, it's, it is rare, but there, are, it's happened a couple times. I remember Carlos Santana when he walked away with everything. Yeah. I, I remember when Bonnie, Bonnie Raitt, Raitt did it. Quincy Jones did it once too. Quincy Jones, um, Michael Jackson, of course, um, Beyonce now does it all the time. It seems like, but well, it was has, has there's Beyonce, a lot more has, awards now. Has Beyonce done that? Like it, but it's those three. It's those. Yeah, three. no, I don't. I don't think that Beyonce has done all three. Of I don't those. think Beyonce has done it. I don't think Adele, Adele has done it. I don't think Taylor Swift has done it either. No, no, I, I don't. Well, Taylor Swift may have come close. I, I don't want to say one way or another yeah. without looking that fact yeah. up. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, it was it was a pretty stunning moment, and it's an important album. Tapestry is well, yeah, very much deserving of Absolutely. it. And think of the other albums that came out at that Blue. Time period. <laughs> One of my all time faves, Blue, came out in nineteen seventy one. Yeah, Joni Mitchell's Blue. Yeah, when was it? Did, did Zeppelin two come out that year? No, Zeppelin two. Think about it. Zeppelin two came out in nineteen sixty nine. Was it really when Zeppelin did, Four I, might have come out in seventy one so? though? Yeah. Well, nobody back then, you know, Led Zeppelin wasn't going to Led Zeppelin wasn't going to win a Grammy. Rolling Stone hated them. Yeah, and well, they were, everybody you, hated uh, all, all the critics, which boggles my mind, right? But yeah. All the critics hated Led Zeppelin. Yeah. We're yeah, going to talk about know. that's that's for a different show. That's that is a, a different, totally show. different show. Okay, so the next song that is on the album is "Where You Lead." This song is uh, a little bit problematic for me. So I, I'm sorry, you go okay, ahead and talk I, about gonna, yours. For... Okay, this song, okay, one of the things that happened, it was, 
I think I first saw it for a little bit before I got divorced, and I've I've since watched it. The TV show Gilmore Girls. Yes, this is the theme, and the I love the Gilmore Girls. I was one of I totally totally love that. I love that show so much that I haven't seen the very last episode of the revival because as soon as I do, then it's all over. Then it's really done. Yeah. And it's really done. So as long as it's kind of like me and Caddyshack, as long as I haven't seen it, I've always got a break glass, you know, in an emergency television thing. I have a friend who loved, loved, loved the, uh, the TV show Breaking Bad. And the last episode, uh, she's never seen it because she doesn't want to know if her favorite character, Jesse Pinkman, lived or died. Ah, yeah. So as long as she it. doesn't watch it, for sure he's alive. So right, right. It, yeah. But anyhow, the song If You Lead um was the theme song for this for Gilmore and Where Where You Gilmore Lead. Girls. And it's basically where, where, about where, a 32 year old. Say say it with me. Where you lead, not if you lead. Where you oh, lead. Where you lead. Yes. Um the thing that I liked about it is it takes place, it's a 32 year old woman who's got a 16 year old daughter, and the it's a mother daughter relationship and Carol King re-recorded it for the show, and she recorded it with her daughter, um, uh, Louise. Yeah, yeah or Louise Goffin. Louise Goffin. Yes. And I always thought that was so sweet that a mother and daughter sang the theme to a show about a mother and daughter. That's and pretty it, awesome. It's just one of those things. Yeah. I I like the song. It's so warm. It's got a. This is like a ray of sunshine. This song to me. The lyrics are a little bit problematic. Because, oh, yeah? because again, not quite fitting into, not quite fitting into the, well, at least what we want the narrative to be for this, uh, uh, for, for this album. I mean, we want this to be about the, uh, the strong independent woman standing up on her own two feet and don't need no stinking man. Right. But this is her song, a song to her man saying, yeah, I'll follow you wherever you go. Well, but it could also be a song from a woman to a, a woman. It could be a friend too. There's a lot of different ways that you can look at it. I don't know that she necessarily identifies the gender of who she's saying she'll follow. No, well, not in the song, but she has in interviews. Has she really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I music, I just take it on its own. And, you know, sometimes an artist can write a song and still not understand their own song, too. Okay, it, I'm gonna once... I'm gonna stop you right there. Okay, <laughs> and we're just gonna play where you lead okay, because I don't want fine. you I don't want you thinking that you're interpreting Carol King's songs better. No, than no, I I'm my point is is that a listener really once it's left the studio and it's left the artist, it really becomes the people's song, and you can take the people can determine however they want to view it, okay. and that's just you know how I take it. Okay, you want you want to introduce the song? Yes, from. <laughs> 1971's Tapestry album. There will be a quiz afterwards. Um, here's Carol King with Where You Lead on uh, the weekly list, KYMN 95.1, The One. You're out. 
from just one man. But if
meets the morning You know, the thing about doing this show live on Zoom is that Danny and I can't talk to each other over our microphones <laughs> while uh, we're, because if we, I mean, I can turn the mics off and we can talk, but the the way we're recording this show would get picked up. So, so what happens is that we have to sit here and watch each other listen to music, but not be able to talk about the music that we're listening to. And I just watched Dan Moyer just sink into a song like i haven't seen that in years man that was awesome that's that's true i you know the song that we just played is will you will you uh still love me tomorrow and this song was originally a number one hit by the shirelles in 1960 and it was written by jerry goffin and carol king um there were the original version by the shirelles actually created a little bit of hot water back then because there were some radio DJs that felt that it was very sexually charged. And it is. It is one of those songs. Um, the thing that I like about Carol King's version, and it was really hitting me when I'm listening. I've, I've, I've been playing Tapestry all week. But really listening to this, and there's that element that's there, but what I hear from Carol King in this rendition of it I'm hearing her really looking for parody as an equal um, where the original Shirelles version is like almost cutesy virginal in some ways. And this that's not the case in this version by Carol King. There's another version. I had talked about um, a male doing one of these songs as well. Oh, this is the song. I thought we were talking about you. I thought you were talking about a different song. Interesting. Okay, go ahead. No, no. This one. Because there's a version of this song that's done by Dave Mason that I really, really like as well. And his version is quite a bit different. And there's a real vulnerability to this, but there's also an inner toughness to this song, especially in the way that Carol King sings it. And then you get the background vocals. That's Joni Mitchell and James yeah. Taylor yeah, Singing that are doing the, the background harmonies. And it's 
this song is I, I like the original Shirelle's poppy version, but this one just has so much more meat on it and feeling and emotion and it's it's raw. So well, okay. I, I, I guess I hear it a little bit differently than you because I don't even like I hear nothing but vulnerability on this uh, on this song. I don't hear an inner toughness. What I hear is somebody who is who who is the first comp tape <laughs> comp tapes right the, the some that that somebody made for me right it, we it was i was i was well into uh college i was it was my uh my junior year in college and i had hey. i had just started dating this girl who was uh a senior I, 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 like, I got to her just in time, like, like, because so, <laughs> I wound up marrying her, right? Um, but uh, first comp tape anyone ever made for me, she put this song on there, and and I took it as, okay, be very careful with this. This this is not something that I'm used to at all, and it's scary. And, it is, and because it, it is it, giving your giving that kind of trust to somebody, giving that kind of trust to somebody is really scary. Yeah, and uh, uh, anyway, I this I, I just think the other thing about this song for me is the Shirelles version is is I've never heard Dave Mason's version, right? But uh, which 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 is weird that I haven't heard Dave Mason's version. Um, the Shirelles version is a lot more upbeat. Oh yeah, you know it, it's it's a. I don't you, you. I hear this song now, right? And you know, like everybody else, I'd heard the Shirelles version first. I hear the song now, and I don't see how anyone could play this song other than the way Carol King plays it on Tapestry. It's it's yeah. the, the 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 dark confessional. I mean, the way she sings it her choice of James Taylor and Joni Mitchell to back her up everything. It's almost a perfect song to me, the way it's, yeah. presented, it's almost a perfect song. That is an amazing, amazing recording. Um, and you know, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. The vulnerability in this is palpable. Yeah. Um, and I guess I hear it, it still amazes me. We haven't even said anything about it. Carol King was only 29 when she was recording this. Right. Stuff. That blows my mind because right. that voice in that track sounds so much more experienced, so much more world weary. Well, and think about it like this too. If 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 that was if she was 29 when she recorded that, she yeah. was 18 yeah. when she wrote it. Yeah. Now think about that. Now Jerry Goffin is the guy who wrote the lyrics for that. But right. still. But still. still. You have Still. to musically. You have to understand the lyric. You know, it's not just oh, here's a little catchy. Thing. There, there's just a. But I, I, I get. This is a voice that has been there, done that a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it you is. know, totally, and is looking for something lasting. Yeah, so. it is. It is. So oh, wow. so so we we make the weird transition, and I don't know how Carol King did it either. From "Will You Love Me Tomorrow" to "Smackwater Jack," yeah. which is not a song I 
think that you could write in 2023. No, because it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit, it's, it's kind of peppy and, and snappy and you can't talk to a man with a shotgun in his hand. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. We can't No, We can't, we can't No, Not in 2023. We can't, you know, this, I, this is one song that I, I really, to be honest with you, Rich, I, I don't have too much of an opinion on, I really don't care for this song that much. Quincy, it, it doesn't do it. Quincy Jones recorded yeah. a version of this song. Go yeah, check it out. It is funky. It is outstanding. Okay. It's super fun. And and okay. actually, I mean, this is a good version. I, I like the song fine. And there's something about this that kind of re- reminds me of Rocky Raccoon. Like uh, like they're they're uh they're sort of like cousins, these two songs those two songs. Okay. Um yeah. but then the Quincy Jones took it and like just gave it soul baby it's great it's great i guess i'll have to hear q's thing because i mean rock you know you talk about that beatles song that doesn't really do it for me much either you know yeah anyway i know so okay so from 1971 and the tapestry album this is smack water jack by carol king you're listening to the weekly list of 95.1 kymn go on
My life has been a tapestry of rich and royal hue, an everlasting vision of the ever-changing view, a wondrous woven magic in bits of blue and gold, a tapestry to feel and see, impossible to hold. Once amid the soft silver sadness in the sky, there came a man of fortune, a drift of Yellow, green on either side He moved with some uncertainty As if he didn't know Just what he was there for Or where he ought to go Once he reached for something Golden hanging from a tree And his hand Soon within my tapestry along the rutted road He sat down on a river rock and turned into a toad It seemed that he had fallen into someone's wicked spell And I wept to see him suffer though I didn't know him well as I watched in sorrow, there suddenly appeared A figure gray and ghostly beneath the flowing beard In times of deepest darkness, I've seen him dressed in black Now my tapestry's unraveling, he's gone to take me back So, from 1971, that was the title track to Carole King's classic album, Tapestry. Um, there's a reason why Tapestry is not among my absolute all-time favorite albums. And the title track is that reason. Yeah, it's... I'm... I, I, this is one of those songs where if you're paying attention to the lyrics, it's tough to decipher and figure out. I don't know what the, um, I don't I don't even know what the lyrics mean, and I'm paying close attention to the lyrics. Like who 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 yeah. who? I mean, I I look. I understand that the the tapestry is a metaphor for life. I get that, but like, how does the dude figure into that when death comes and who's dying? Is the guy dying? Is she dying? Yeah. I I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. Reaches for the apple and comes down with nothing. You know I. There's there could be metaphors, you know, you're trying to do something and you it fails. And I, I don't, you really know, even, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't really even care for the way she performs that song. She won a Grammy 
for for pop, best pop vocal female performance for that song for that song that song um you know i think this is going to be one where i'm going to just go and say that maybe it's not the lyrics that are telling the story but i can understand emotional if you if you listen to that song and you're not paying attention to the words and you're not trying to interpret you get kind of the feeling it feels like a kind of an album closer and granted i don't know that it's as well composed as some of the others but i can i can kind of get the emotional feel from it and okay. i can feel that i, but oh, I, don't I certainly i certainly feel the emotions and it's supposed to be a poignant song but it's lost on me and i you know what if for, for those of you who get it and for those of you who absolutely love that song come talk to me like like rich at yeah. kymnradio.net like let me know I, I, I want I want to have this conversation about that song because I don't get it. Yeah, and, and with all of these, I mean, this show is all over social media with Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. Really, I'm I'm desperately curious to have people's opinions. So comment, let us know what you guys think. And I mean, from my point of view, there's a lot of songs that I, I feel, but the lyrics are gibberish, like Obla D, Obla Da. Mm -hmm. Um, you know. That's that's a great. I song. totally know what that song feels like. Do, 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 but do, I don't. Do, da 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 is all I have to say to you. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's a lot of songs like that, and pop music is really good at that by coming up with gibberish that means something that you yeah. feel. Yeah. Anyway. And maybe I'm gonna try to give this song a pass because it's more something that I can feel as opposed to literally interpret. Okay. All right, folks. That's there gonna just about do it for this here edition of the weekly list. I gotta tell you guys. I'm really tired of going through this whole shtick that I've been going through now for over two years. So, you know, you know, blah, 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 KYMNradio.net, blah, 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 podcast, blah, 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 uh, 7 p.m. <laughs> on Thursdays, blah, 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 Facebook, blah, 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 not Twitter, blah, 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 Danny's Instagram account. <laughs> the yeah, underscore weekly underscore list. You know, and tell people about it and also write comments on it. Because I'm telling you, this is the only show that can take a 45-minute album and stretch it into a two-hour experience. We're, we're amazing that way. That's amazing. We are amazing a, that way. What was that lyric about time that yeah, came exactly. earlier in the show? We've it's elongated it. <laughs> oh, the beginning of the show is just time away. Yeah, um, there it is. <laughs> okay, so when you're Carol King... And you're making an album, and you you make your debut album. You get to end your debut album with the utterly classic song that you wrote called "Up on the Roof," right? Which is pretty mm -hmm. good. I love "Up yeah. on the Roof," right? When you're yeah, Carol King song. and you make your second album, you get to end your second album with an incredibly just classic, amazing song you wrote called "You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman." And I got to tell you something. Yes, she wrote the song, right? But it took some courage to record oh. this when Aretha Franklin had made this uh, song famous. Just three years earlier, yeah. so it was still yeah. relatively fresh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a, it's it's a different take, you know. Oh yeah, uh, but it's it's still saying basically the same thing. It's just. It, it, there's Aretha's version and then there's Carol King's version. We're going to talk about Aretha's version in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, and I love both versions. They're just, I mean, it's, 
it's it's like different flavors flavors of ice cream yeah you know it is. It that's is. that's the best way i could put it it is it is but man what a way to end an album right like, yeah. yeah there here's well, my here's my exclamation point folks well, and, you know, going from the very beginning, I feel the earth move all the way. To, there's a journey that we've taken on this album, and she's led us into some very personal stuff. And she's revealed, for me, I, I get all of the vulnerability and I get the the angst and the longing and desire and bouts of self-confidence, um, you know, concerns. And, and it comes up with this at the very end. Yeah. yeah. A beautiful I mean, way to end the record. It's the uh, stand up, dust yourself off. Here I am. This is pretty good. Yeah. yeah warts and all. Exactly. All right. Danny. Richie. We did it. I know. Live, baby. Yeah. I mean, it's not our longest show, but it's pushing it. <laughs> oh, it's pushing it. So we got to get out of here. Yeah, all we right. Do. Okay, Thanks so, for everybody for listening. I hope that, you know, I hope that and if there's any albums that you would like us to do this kind of thing to send us a note, you know? Oh, hang on one second here. Uh-oh, Rich is doing stuff. So anyhow, okay, thanks for listening this week. This has been a, a real blast. And Carol King, uh, Tapestry, this is 52 years on now. It's an amazing, amazing record. And we really hope that maybe you heard something tonight that you hadn't heard before. Um, and that you you enjoyed it, and this is just how it is. And for those of you out there who know this album and cherish this album the way a lot of people do, you think we got something wrong, or you you uh, you you know you want to you want to talk to us about? Reach out, let us know. We want to hear Please. from you. Totally, we want to hear from you. Yeah. Okay, Danny, Rich, you make me feel like a natural woman. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I'm tingly. <laughs> talk to you guys again next week. Bye. Peace. Looking out on the morning rain I used to feel uninspired And when I knew I'd have to face another day so unkind your love was the key to my peace of mind cause you make me feel you make me feel you make me feel like a natural woman Make
Thank you.